One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Well, good morning, church. I'm so glad that we can join together in worship today and just focus our attention on the Lord. And uh, I love in worship that our hearts just are lifted from the circumstances of our lives into the goodness of God. And I hope that you're sensing God's goodness, God's presence, God's life, God's power, wherever you're at today. And uh, even as you're watching this, uh, we, uh, we are recording this in advance because we are actually gathered together for our annual Friendsgiving celebration. And uh, so we are celebrating the goodness of God in this season. But uh, we're so glad, even if you can't join us in person, uh, that you can join us online. And we're going to be sharing with you really the same message that we as a church in person are going to be uh, receiving on Sunday. And so if you have your Bible, you can grab it and turn with me to the book of Luke, the book of Luke chapter 10. <clears throat> and I want to welcome all of you who are guests this morning. Maybe you have stumbled across uh, this video online. I don't know how you found us today. Maybe a friend has shared it with you. I know we've got people even in this season that are joining us from out of state. I was talking to a guy just this week uh, who's in New York who has come to Christ through our church online ministry and is actually coming to Orlando next week to get baptized. So we're so grateful that God is moving in this season. And uh, really, church is not canceled in this season. I, I just want to remind you of that. Um, the church, it may look different, but it is not canceled. In fact, we had an incredible time over the last couple of weeks through our serve days. And I want to say thank you to all of you that were a part of that, getting out, serving the foster, uh, foster families in our community. Thank you so much for that. We're so excited about what God is doing, and we're going to have some great things coming up as we move towards the holiday season. So I want to encourage you to stay tuned for all of that. And today, I know it's not Thanksgiving week yet, that's next week, uh, but as we're celebrating Friendsgiving, uh, I, I want to give you uh, maybe a Thanksgiving message today just to uh, maybe give us a little sample. I don't know if you like to sample when the uh, the food is being cooked in the kitchen. If you like to go in like I do and get a little sample, well, that's what we're doing today. I'll just give you a little Thanksgiving sample to set your heart and your mind uh, on the goodness of God as we prepare for Thanksgiving. So if you have your Bible, uh, I'm just going to read, and we're taking a break today out of our series through the book of Acts, but I want to read the book of Luke, which is actually part one of the book of Acts. And I want to read just one verse out of Luke chapter 10 verse 21 and it says this Luke 10 21 it says in that hour Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said I thank you or I praise you father lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes even so for it uh, for it seemed good in your sight and I encourage you to read more out of that passage just to get the full context of it. But I, I want to focus on that phrase uh, that, where Jesus said, I thank you, Father, or I praise you, Father. And I want to speak to you today about the practice of praise. The practice of praise, really synonymous with giving thanks, giving praise, uh, thanking God for His goodness. And I want to speak to you about that today because I believe there are two ways that we can live our lives. 
Uh, it's been said that you can live your life uh, seeing all of life as half full or half empty. We can live all of life with that perspective. In our family, we can see family life as half full or half empty. We can see church life as half full, half empty. You can see your finances half full or half empty. And, uh, you know, you can the, see it half uh, empty is really seeing all of the problems, seeing all of the pain, all of the difficulty. But seeing half full is seeing not just pain and difficulty, but seeing God's promise, God's purpose, God's power, God's potential. When you see life half full, it doesn't mean that you don't see the problems, but you're looking at it from a different perspective. You're actually looking at it through the lens of faith. And so the practice of praise really shifts our life from seeing things uh, as uh, the problems, the difficulties, as seeing life as half full to seeing life, uh, I'm sorry, half empty to seeing life half full. Praise shifts us from seeing the problems to seeing the promise, the, the potential that God has for our lives. And if there's anybody that had the right to see life half empty, it was Jesus. Uh, think with me for just a moment about Jesus's life. He came from heaven to earth. He descended from the beauty, the glory, um, the fellowship, the love, the peace of heaven, the riches of heaven, and he came to earth. He was born in a stable, as we're going to celebrate in just a few weeks' time. He was born in a, a, in a family of real problems and, and all of the challenges that we have in life. And if there was anybody that had the right, so to speak, to see life half empty, to see the problems of life, it was Jesus. But I love that in this passage, we see Jesus giving God thanks. It says, I thank you, Father. I praise you, Father. Because Jesus, although he had the right or he could have uh, had the right to see life as half empty, to see the problems and the pain, he chose the practice of praise. He understood the power of praise to release God's power into our lives. And I want to look at just a few things out of this scripture this morning, just a few phrases that I, I want to break out of this just this one scripture this morning that I think is important for us to understand in 2020, if we're going to not just see the problems and the pain, but we're going to shift our perspective into God's purpose and God's power, God's promises in this moment. I, I just want to pull out a few, um, a, a few phrases here, and then I'm going to give you a, a few things that praise brings into our life. But the first thing in this passage, notice that it says this, in that hour, in that hour, uh, which begs the question, what hour? It says, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. In that hour, what hour was it? And I, I don't mean just what time of day it was. The Bible doesn't tell us that. But what was the season? What was the moment that Jesus was in when he chose to give thanks? And if you know the story of the, the book of Luke, which is, again, part one of the Luke-Acts um, anthology, so to speak. Uh, you know the story of Luke. The first two chapters is the birth of Jesus and all of the, what we call the Christmas story. Chapter three begins the ministry of Jesus as Jesus is going out preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing the sick. But in chapter nine, there's a change in the flow of the story. The Bible says that Jesus began to head towards Jerusalem and he's beginning to go towards his death. 
Just the previous chapter from what we've read, Jesus is beginning to go to Jerusalem. And, and I want you to see that it was in that hour that he began to praise God. It was in that moment that he chose to break out in almost what seems to be spontaneous praise and thanksgiving to God, even as he's headed to the cross. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that Jesus didn't wait until the resurrection to praise God. He didn't wait until uh, the ascension to praise God. He didn't wait until he was seated on the throne to praise God. He praised God in that hour. And I believe that's why the practice of praise is so important. You see, a practice is something we do as a direct um, decision of our will that actually brings about something, a result in our lives that we can't accomplish on our own effort or will. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, we've used this before that if I decided I wanted to run a marathon, I couldn't just get up off the sofa, run out the door and go run a marathon. What I could do is start running a mile and then a mile and a half and two miles and, and on and on until I eventually became the kind of person who could run a marathon. And that's what practice does. That's what a practice does. It actually shapes you and forms you. And the practice of praise is a decision that we make, not because of our feelings, but as a decision of faith that is shaping us into the kind of person that can stand up in difficulty, that can stand up under the weight, under the challenges of life. And so we don't wait until life is good to praise. We praise God even in the middle of challenges in that hour as Jesus is, uh, is heading to the cross. In that hour, as he knows that it's just going to be a matter of days before the disciples who are with him will, will uh, abandon him and the crowds that are around him will begin to shout crucify him. He knew what was coming. He prophesied it. He was headed to the cross, but it was in that hour that he thanked the Lord. And it was that praise that was, was feeding his faith to carry him through the difficulty to come. And so I believe it's important that we recognize that it's in the difficulty that we begin to praise God. That's why the Bible actually commands us rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice, Re rejoicing or praising or giving God thanks is not something that we do just because we feel like it. We do it as an act of faith. It was in that hour. And then notice what it says. Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. Notice it doesn't say he rejoiced in his circumstances. Notice it doesn't say he rejoiced in what he was going through. It says he rejoiced in the spirit. You see, all of us are in circumstances. In 2020, we're in some difficult circumstances. But the question is not just what circumstances are we in, but what spirit are we in? Are we in the spirit? Are we living in that flow of God's life and God's power? When we come into the, the flow of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, which praise brings us into, it elevates us out of our circumstances. Praise may not change your circumstances immediately, but it can change your perspective on your circumstances. I love what John says 
uh, in uh, the book of Revelation, he talks about being on the Isle of Patmos, but he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I was in the spirit. He was stuck on this island, abandoned, but he wasn't just looking at his circumstances. He was in the spirit. And Jesus wasn't rejoicing in his circumstances. Sometimes you're going to find yourself, we're going to find ourselves in circumstances that we wouldn't choose. But the reality is we can't let our circumstances dictate our spirit. We need to get into the spirit, into the Holy Spirit. And praise brings us into the presence of God. It lifts us out of our circumstances into the spirit. It says, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, and said, Father, I thank you. I praise you. Notice that as Jesus was choosing in that hour to give thanks, notice it came out of his mouth. That praise came out of his mouth. And here's what I want you to see is this, the spirit that you're in will determine what comes out of your mouth. Let me say it another way. You can tell what spirit someone is in by what comes out of their mouth. Or, or maybe in 2020, I can say what comes out of their thumbs. What are, what are we tweeting? What are we sending out? What's flowing out of, from our heart, out of our mouth, into the world around us? Are we in a spirit? Are we in the Holy Spirit, a spirit of faith? Are we in a spirit of peace and joy and the fruit of the Spirit coming out of our life? Even in the midst of painful and difficult circumstances, are we in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit? Or, or are we in a spirit of fear? Are we in a spirit of depression? Are we in that kind of spirit? I, I don't know about you, but uh, I can imagine if that was me, I don't know that I would want to, as I'm going to Jerusalem, going to the cross, I don't know that I would want to be saying, Father, thank you. I, I may be looking at the people around going, this is your fault. This is your fault. You're the ones that did this to me. This is, it's, it's your fault. That's, that's what I may want to do in the flesh but Jesus wasn't just in the flesh. He was in the spirit. And what was in his spirit came out of his mouth. You can tell what spirit you're in by what comes out of your mouth. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, and said, Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. You see, the practice of praise shifts us from seeing the problems, the pain, to beginning to see the purpose, the power, the promise of God for our lives. Jesus understood the power of praise. The Bible says in Psalms that it is good to give thanks to the Lord. It's a good thing to give thanks. It's a good thing to give praise to God. Even when you're in bad moments, bad situations, difficult circumstances, it's still good to give thanks. That's why the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Uh, and, and I believe if there's ever a moment that we need to recognize the power of the practice of praise, it's in 2020. This has been a year that uh, has felt like it was half full and getting lower at times. But I believe that we have the opportunity as we finish this year, I believe that we have the opportunity through the practice of praise to change the way we see this year. If there's ever been a moment that we need to lift ourselves out of the circumstances into the spirit, it's this year.
And of course, we need to give thanks to everybody around us. We need to give thanks to people in our world, but ultimately the greatest person we need to give thanks to is God. We need to give thanks to God. It's a good thing to give thanks. Modern psychologists even recognize now the benefits of giving thanks. Uh, decreased depression, uh, increased confidence, um, reduced stress. I don't know about you, but I could use some more of that in 2020. And I believe God wants us to learn the practice of praise. We need to give thanks to God. So I want to give you um, three things, three more things, not out of this passage directly, but three things I believe the scripture teaches us that praise does in our lives. What does it, what happens to us when we praise God, when we give thanks to God? The first thing that I want you to see is this, that praise recognizes that every gift is from God. Praise is recognizing what I have is from God. The book of James says it this way in James chapter one, verse 17, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Everything that we have that is good is a gift from God. And we live in a day and age, I don't know if you remember this and if you recognize this, but we live in a time unlike any other, in a place almost like any other in the history of the world in terms of the good things that we have available to us. And oftentimes we can begin to think, well, no, those things are things that uh, I have earned. My wealth, my car, my house, all of these things I've earned. God wasn't the one that got up and went to work and earned that. God wasn't the one that started the business. God wasn't the one that, that got the degrees, that, that, that worked hard. But who gave you the brain? Who gave you, uh, who caused your heart to beat? Who put the air in your lungs? Everything you have is a gift from God. And when we praise, we are recognizing that what we have has come from God. And, and, and the danger is that sometimes the more we have, the less thankful we become. The more we have, the less thankful we become because we begin to develop a spirit of entitlement rather than a spirit of thanksgiving. I, I recognize this recently. I know we've all had some things that we've lost during this COVID season. And I was super frustrated a few months ago in my neighborhood park. There was this workout station and they wrapped up the workout station. They, sh they closed down the workout station. And, and I just thought, uh, you know, how dare you take away my workout station? That is my rights. I I'm a taxpayer. That, how can you take my workout station? Here's the irony of it is I don't actually even live in the city where the workout station is. It's right by my house, but I live on the border of Orlando and Winter Park. I live in Winter Park. The workout station's in Orlando. And I was feeling entitled to this workout station that I've not even paid any taxes for. It's just a gift. It's a blessing to me. But I started thinking, you can't take my rights. And we can have that mentality when it comes to God's blessing. We can begin to develop a spirit of entitlement rather than a spirit of gratitude. Now, rather than recognizing everything we have is good. Man, I feel the pain. I feel the weight of not being all together as a church. And that's why we're so glad that we can be together for our Friendsgiving celebration. That's why we're so glad that we can have a Christmas service that's coming up at the Winter Park Farmer's Market that's going to be awesome and we're going to enjoy gathering together. But I know some of us can begin to feel like, well, we can't gather weekly. Here's the reality. I'll just uh, tell you, the fact is some of us weren't even gathering weekly before COVID. 
but we can begin to develop this entitlement rather than saying, God, thank you. I live in a nation that I have so much freedom. I have so much freedom. That doesn't mean that we don't recognize the challenges, but it does mean that we're not going to focus on the problems. We're going to focus on God's goodness to us. We have so much to be grateful for. I'll give you a little, uh, a little exercise, a little gratitude exercise. I want you to just think of something you have. Think of something you have, something good. Maybe it's, maybe it's church family. I feel that way about you. Maybe it's your uh, spouse, for those of you who are married. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's a talent. Maybe it's your car. Maybe it's your house. I don't know what it is, but think about something that you have. Now think about losing it. I know it, this is, may get dark for a moment, but just think about losing it. Think about getting the call. There's been a tragic accident and that family member you've loved has been lost. Think about the, the, the house catches fire, it's lost. Think about the job that you've had you get the notice, the company's downsizing, you don't have a job, what are you gonna do? Okay, you, you, are you there? I know it's a dark place, but just go there with me for a moment, think about it. Okay, now I want you to think about, you get the call, it was the wrong number, your, your dad's still alive. Your house did not burn down. They, give you, they call you, uh, we got the wrong number, you still have a job. Now, you didn't think you liked that job before, but when you thought you lost it, suddenly you begin to think, man, God, thank you, I've got a job. God, thank you, I've got a house. God, thank you, I have a car. Why? Because we are shifting from entitlement to an attitude of gratitude. And God wants to bless us with good things. Church, God wants to bless us with good, good things. I'm telling you, there's good things ahead of us. God's blessing, God's provision. But I believe that God wants us to not go into those things with an attitude of entitlement, but a spirit of thanksgiving. And when we praise God, we are recognizing that every good gift comes from above. And so praise recognizes. But not only does praise recognize, praise refocuses. It refocuses our attention on God. The psalmist in Psalm 34 says this, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. I'm, I'm stepping on my mic cable here. Hopefully you can still hear me. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I love it that there's that communal sense. I'm feeding off of your praise and you, my praise is inspiring your praise. We are magnifying the Lord together. And when I think about that word, magnify, I, I think about what we focus on. You know, it's like a, a telescope. You can take a telescope and you can look out to the stars and the stars that we see so small with our eye, when you begin to look through the telescope, suddenly you begin to get the perspective of reality of their bigness because you have magnified them. That's what happens when we praise God. We are, we're not making him bigger. We're just magnifying him. We are beginning to see how big he is. And sometimes the circumstances of life can seem so big. The problems, the pain 
can feel so big that God feels like he's a million miles away. But when we begin to praise him, when we begin to thank him, we begin to magnify him. We begin to get the right perspective of how big he is, how great he is, how in control he is, how unshaken he is, how loving he is, how kind he is. And suddenly the problems of life begin to come into their proper perspective. You see, what you focus on determines what you see. I don't know if you remember uh, the magic eye books. Do you remember those uh, books? They're the things they've got like paper in them. You flip it over and it's anyway. Um, but there's these magic eye books that they'd have these um, kind of funny looking pictures that you couldn't really discern anything on, but there would be like a point and you'd stare at that point and you just stare, stare, stare at that point. And suddenly there would begin to be something that would come off of the page. Why? Because you've focused on something and everything else begins to change. The picture that was always there begins to come into uh, your vision. Why? Because what you focus on determines what you see. And if you are constantly focusing on the problems, if you're constantly scrolling the, the negative news of the world that we live in, I'm not saying that we deny that reality, but that's not going to be our focus. We're going to focus on the goodness of God. The gospel is still true in 2020. God still has the promise of eternal life. I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to sound heartless, but let me just ask you this question. What's the worst that can happen? We spend eternity with God. Heaven is secure. And so we're going to choose not to focus on the problems and the pain. We're going to choose to focus on the goodness of God. We're going to choose to focus on, on the life we have, the freedom we have, the joy we have, the blessings we have, because it, it is refocusing our attention on to God and what we focus on determines what we see. And so not only does praise recognize that every gift's from God, not only does it refocus our attention so that it changes what we see, but the third thing I want you to see is that praise releases God's power. Praise releases God's power. Now, let me tell you why that works. It's not because you say some magic words and, and abracadabra, God shows up. It's not that. Here's what it is. It's the faith in your heart. And praise is an expression of faith. And actually, the more difficult it is to praise, the greater the faith it takes, the greater the breakthrough it brings. That's what the Bible calls a sacrifice of praise. Even when I don't feel it, even when it doesn't look good, even when life is filled with problems, I'm going to begin to praise God, not because of what I feel, but because of what I believe. And when we do that, it begins to release the power of God to work in our lives. I love the story of Paul and Silas, Acts chapter 16. They're in prison. You probably are familiar with the story. Acts chapter 16, and the Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and sing hymns to God. They began to lift up their voices, not just in their heart, not just praising in their heart. It was in their heart, but what's in your heart will come out of your mouth. And so they began to sing. Now, they probably felt like singing the blues. I mean, they're in prison. They've been arrested. They probably felt like saying, you know, I just, I want to sing the blues. 
God, we just preached the gospel. God, we just did what you've told us to, to do. God, we were obedient to you. I can almost hear the blues soundtrack beginning to play in the background, in the natural, but they didn't stay there. They moved into the spirit and they began to praise God. And that praise was an expression of faith that they weren't just living out of the moment that they're in, but they're seeing the moment they're in out of the story of God, that God's kingdom is coming to earth. God's kingdom is breaking out. And even when I'm in prison, I recognize God's power isn't limited. And so I'm going to begin to praise God. And when I praise God, I release his power into my circumstances. And if you know the story, the Bible says that the walls of the prison broke open. The doors broke open. There was a release of God's power. And I, I want to encourage you, don't let the negative world that we live in shape the theme of your heart, but make a decision that even when things are tough, I'm going to bring a sacrifice of praise. I'm going to choose to focus on God. I'm going to choose to recognize His goodness, His gifts. I'm going to choose to to, to refocus my attention on him. And I believe that as I praise him, it will release his power into my life. So we prepare to close today. I, I, I just have to say this to you. I don't know what you're going through. I, I don't know what challenges you're facing. I know the challenges we are facing. I know the difficulty that we feel. I know the difficulty we feel as a church, and we're going to talk more in the, in the days ahead, and we're going to pray. We're going to seek God more than just looking to our own plans. We're going to look to His promise. We're going to look to His power. We're going to praise God in spite of the challenges that we face because we believe that when we do, we release His power into our circumstances. What challenges are you facing? What difficulties are you looking at? Is it family challenges? Maybe it's financial challenges. Maybe it's health challenges. The gospel doesn't deny the problems of life. Jesus didn't live removed from the pain of life. Here he is headed to the cross. Here he is about to suffer the most painful death, wrongly accused that anybody could ever suffer. He's not a God that sits on a throne and looks down at us in our problems. He's a God that gets down into the mess, into the pain, in the suffering. And on the cross, the greatest pain, the greatest suffering, the greatest problem, the greatest injustice that's ever happened to humanity, the only innocent man that's ever lived was crucified to a tree, the worst pain that could ever happen. But the good news of the gospel is out of that Pain comes the greatest power, the power of salvation for every single person who will believe. And I want to encourage you of that today. Let's choose to praise God. Let's choose to magnify Him. Let's choose to lift Him up above our circumstances. Maybe you've never received God's grace. Maybe, maybe you're living in the, the pain and the difficulty of life. And the reality is that if you don't know Jesus, this life is as good as it gets. But if you do know Jesus, this life is as bad as it gets. There's a, there, there's a promise of eternal life to come, regardless of how great this life is or how difficult this life is. We have the promise of life. 
The scripture says this, in this life, you'll have many problems, many tribulations. It doesn't water down the reality of life, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. And so we're going to choose to recognize the goodness of God. We're going to choose to refocus our attention on God. And we're going to choose through praise to release God's power into our circumstances. Would you pray with me today? Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, for your goodness. I thank you for your love. I thank you, God, that in this year of pain and frustration, God, difficult circumstances, Father, we thank you that we choose as an act of our will to praise you. We choose to bless you. And God, thank you that you are working in us through these difficulties. Father, thank you that you're growing our character. You're strengthening us, Father, so that we can stand up to the the weight of life, God. And Father, we pray that we would not crumble. Father, that we would not crumble in fear, that we would not crumble in complaining, God. We would not crumble in darkness and depression. But Father, we pray that we would rise in thanksgiving to you. Lord, I pray for every person that's watching this today. God, I pray for those that don't know you. I pray for those that haven't come to the recognition of faith, that this life is not all there is, that regardless of how good this life is or how bad this life is, that it pales in comparison to the eternal life to come. I pray, God, that you would reveal that to them today. I pray that you would bring them into the Spirit, not just in their circumstances. In fact, if you're in that moment right now, if you're in a place of pain, maybe you've never put your faith in Jesus, I believe right now God can lift you from your circumstances into the Spirit. I want to lead you in a prayer, a prayer of faith to receive God's goodness, even in the midst of your difficult circumstances. So would you just pray this with me? Let's pray together. God, I need you. Come into my life. I confess I'm a sinner. I need your grace. Forgive me of my sin. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, I pray for every person, Lord, that's already in the place of faith. God, I pray you lift us out of our circumstances into the spirit, Father, that we would stand out as lights in a dark world, Father, because we're not living just out of the pain and the problems, but God, we are living out of the promise the potential and the power of God that's available to us through Jesus Christ at the cross and the empty tomb. And we thank you for it, Lord, today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, church, thank you so much for joining us today. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray for you. As always, all you have to do is fill out the connections card on our website at ocparkdistrict.com. Also, uh, fill that card out if you're a guest and you're just joining us for the first time. We'd love to keep you uh, up to speed with everything that's happening. We've got some great things coming up in this holiday season and even in 2020, uh, 2021 ahead. So God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have an awesome, awesome week.